Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Oh, yes, we have the, finally, we have the two-episode premiere of Cloak and Dagger, the penultimate episode of Legion. News, news, and more news. Plus, we pick our favorite Marvel origins. Marvel TV Weekly starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. When in the episode of Cloak and Dagger, and they're at the wedding, and I heard to Sir with Love by Lulu, I was like, great, I'm going to get my favorite version of this song from MTV Unplugged, Soul Asylum with Lulu, to Sir with Love, and... I present to you Marvel TV Weekly with love, as we do every single Sunday at 10 Pacific. I'm Christian Blatt, joined as always by Amy Cassandra Martinez. Hi! And Caroline. What's up? Exactly. <laughs> What's up? There's a lot up. So we've got some news that we're going to talk about at the beginning of the show. And we're also going to talk about the two-episode premiere of Cloak & Dagger. Now, someone at this table has seen the first four episodes so you're gonna have to share only half of your thoughts amy mm, you're I gonna have that. to put a button on it right after the episode two because button. uh i don't want your spoilers trying to rain down on my parade <laughs> uh so but first i wanted to talk a little bit about something it's not really like big news but sort of like interesting news some of the things that were talked about so at the produced by conference, which I will pretend that I knew existed, uh, Kevin Feige came out and said that the future of Marvel is going to be more women, more diversity, and more sequels. Uh, and I think he left out mo money, mo money, mo money, because uh, more sequels equals more money. But uh, I think that. Having, you know, obviously that's the biggest knock to this Marvel Cinematic Universe is we haven't had strong female characters. We've had zero female films. And yes, we're getting uh, Captain Marvel. I did almost call her Ms. Marvel. Uh, and But speaking of which, there is also Ms. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan, in development as well. So uh, I think that this can only be good news, but... Why should I mansplain to the audience? Why don't I let the ladies weigh in on this? What do you think? More women, more diversity, and more sequels, Amy? About freaking time. Yeah, sure. Yes. Also, I mean, we had a little tidbit of that in Black... No, 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 no. In Infinity War. Oh. Um, And, you know, to see that interaction between all three women doing that, like... Yes, it's about time, and I'm just curious to see where else they're going to go. Like, which ladies? There's so many. And there have been strong female characters, too. Like, Black Panther definitely had some great female mm-hmm. leads. And then looking forward to um, Ant-Man and Wasp. Mm-hmm. So then it's like a duo. And it, there's no reason that you can't have a female lead as a character in duo. It's like, on the other side of the pond, we have uh, DC, we have Wonder Woman did really well. So it's like, okay, it can work. And there's just so many good material uh source material to work with for Marvel. So it's like, come on. And yeah. that, it's great for diversity, too, of like, okay, well, we don't want to always see, a, like, a main white character. It's like, there's other characters, too. Mm-hmm. Right, and while we won't get the diversity quotient checked off, 
all although i mean i guess she's uh, i guess she's canadian ant-man and the wasp we will have at least half of the title i know we talked about this already but half of the title is a female character so uh, it'll be interesting to see that and uh, yeah i think that it you know it, it's only smart i mean obviously for dc wonder woman is one of their best known most established characters the Marvel Cinematic Universe does not have access to some of the best-known female Marvel characters who tend to be the X-Men, amongst others. So uh, I think they're uh, definitely approaching it the right way, having Captain Marvel, we're going to have the Wasp, and, uh, you know, there's, I think, a lot of other things in the plan. So that's great. Um, Also, some news that, uh, according to Jeff Loeb, the... uh, the Netflix series, it's up to Netflix if how long they want to keep them going. So this isn't something because mm. we talked on this show about yeah. the idea that, well, you know, Disney's going to have a streaming service. But they have contract with Netflix. And I think it's up to Netflix at this point to decide, OK, well, we're going to do four or five seasons or whatever. Um, so I guess uh, I don't know. I think that's good. I mean, we're getting season three of daredevil at some point uh i have the inside scoop because i know somebody is working on it i know that uh Ooh. season three of luke cage is uh they're they've begun writing it and uh we'll get uh we'll definitely getting we'll talk about in a moment iron fist season two will be this year uh, and that was something we did not know. So that's some actual news. Well, Jessica Jones season three is also happening. Yes, mm-hmm. but not this year because no. we got her. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's a little unclear if we're getting Daredevil season three this year. And they have yet to uh, plan out the idea of a Punisher season two. But uh, in terms of Iron Fist, this was another – it was from a, a, the same Reddit. And, uh, Anthony, this was the, the link that uh, – of the links from the top of the email that I said, oh, grab this because this has the picture of Danny from the end of Iron Fist season one. And there he is in as close an approximation to the Iron Fist costume that we know from the comics. Now, he does not – as I have talked many times, he does not have the little elf, yellow elf slippers, but maybe, just maybe, we're going to get them. But I think it's a good point. I think you can be critical of the character, you can be critical of the series in a lot of ways. At no point in season one of Iron Fist, as much as I personally liked it, he wasn't actually in the costume. He either had on like a hoodie or he had no shirt on. And I, I mean, I, I you know, I guess they're not trying to impress me with the shirt on. But anyway, uh, so I think it'll be cool if we at least see him wear some semblance of this at uh, at some point. And I know for a fact because it's uh, there have been quotes that we will see Danny in season two of Luke Cage, which I think we've already talked about. And I don't know. I'm excited about watching them interact, Amy. Regardless of your thoughts about Danny on his own show. What do you think about getting to see him hang out with Luke Cage in season two of Luke Cage? I think those the parts where we get to see that in the Defenders were some of the funnier parts of of the Defenders. So I welcome it wholeheartedly, and I'm excited. Sure, Carrie, your thoughts are, are, are where where you stand with uh, with Dan? Oh, I think I remember you've said on the I show that he would, it. but, but he, was he was nice. So nice he was nice person. at a convention, I'm like, right? I yeah. can't hate you. Yeah. Uh, Which is smart, by the way, because yeah. if you feel like maybe your show isn't loved, <laughs> yeah. be super nice. And everybody's like, oh, but he's so nice. I, the, I just had, there was lots of problems with that show. Just I felt, 
it was just really hard to get through of I've he was just so I, I don't want to say he was dumb but like I'm going to tell you this fantastical thing and you don't believe me and I'm going to say it to every single person I meet and you still don't believe me I'm like dude you're not a moron you need to learn to adapt to be like maybe I shouldn't say this to everybody like lot there were lots of moments like that that just kind of were ugh. but yes in Defenders I loved his interaction with other characters so I'd really be curious with him and Luke Cage and that was kind of the funny uh, thing that was great about Defenders is it's almost like the writers input our opinions in an audience who didn't love him because like the other characters are making fun of him which mm-hmm. was great and I think it's smart if a show can make fun of itself so I'm really excited to see Luke Cage and Danny together. I think that'll be entertaining. Yeah, and that, and that there's the section of the Defenders. There's a good chunk of an episode where they're just basically both sitting there. And uh, I was like, yeah, this could be all eight episodes of Defenders and I would have been fine. So uh, I'm excited to see how they figure out mm-hmm. how to get him in there. How are you going to get Danny Rand to go uptown? How's he going to go all the way up to Harlem? So uh, I can't wait till they explain that to us. Uh, a couple other light news. Uh, the uh, Marvel Studios is not going to rule out crossovers with the TVs and movies, but, um, you know, they say that, but they've kind of ruled it out at every turn so far. And also, uh, there was an interesting story that uh, if my computer were behaving better, I'd tell you the source. But uh, it was this idea that the way that the Marvel series are going to handle the ending of Infinity War is just ignore it. So I think that there's a lot you could do, and I think that the problem is that these series have been planned long in advance and the stories that they're going to tell, so I guess it's just easier to ignore it. But I think it could have been interesting to see how they are able to advance that story and just like, oh, how do we – yeah, where do we go from there? But uh, I don't know. Are you disappointed at all, Carrie, to hear that uh, it won't be really incorporated into any of these shows, or does it just feel like out of necessity they really can't? I feel like that's what we've been getting anyway, so I'm not really surprised. I mean, crossovers would be great, and even if they're just small, like little cameos or something, just kind of adds to the world building that they've already established. It's like, like, have somebody, like, say hello to somebody. They went to coffee, or they joined in a fight, and then they got to go somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, you just, you you know, you run into somebody on the subway or Mm -hmm. on the street, and you're like, oh, hey, Jessica, what's up? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it. That's all we need. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, what do you think, Amy? Do you do you want to see the shared universe a little bit better on, on TV from the movies and also from the other series? Yes. Yes, because there are people that just watch Marvel movies, and I think we can welcome them into the Marvel television mm-hmm. universe by doing this. And, I mean, why not? We're not asking for much. We mm-hmm. just want it all to tie in together and... Just for all these fellow Marvel fans to have fun with it, you know. Well, uh, let us know what you think about uh, all of this. Uh, Some interesting, some exciting things. Uh, We are going to move on to talk for a few minutes about the penultimate episode of Legion. Uh, Now, Carrie and I have already talked about this because I was a guest on the Mm -hmm. uh, Legion After Show, which you can can find on this same channel on AfterBuzz. Um, But... Uh, there, there's definitely some interesting things there. I think that the biggest takeaway would be sort of the headspace that Melanie is in at this point. 
Uh, Carrie, give us your thoughts about, you know, the Melanie that we see in this episode compared to what we saw the rest of the season so far. Yes, uh, she has been so frazzled and I probably should have figured out something was up with her when her hair was all nicely put together. (laughs) It's like, ah, she did her hair. Wait, no, because before she was really out of it. Uh, I I was pleasantly surprised the direction they went with that because uh, you don't really see it coming per se. You just kind of go, yeah, that's her. She's being weird, but she's been weird before. Um, I think it's been nice to get a lot of these pieces falling into place. The bit with David and Oliver, I still love that scene where he smacks him down with the chair, and comedically we point out he moves him to another chair. Uh, Yeah, he's like, I'm so angry, I'm gonna drag you to another chair. Yeah, but the smashing him down looks so awesome. I was like, yes. Uh, and the like torture that happens was kind of entertaining. And I'm trying to think of, I'm like, what did I say? Yeah, well, um, the point that I made when we talked about that, which I think is still valid, is that um, David is arguably the most powerful mutant on Earth, and he decides... Oh, he doesn't read the guy's mind that was driving me nuts. Right, well, he doesn't take the time yes, to read Oliver's mind. Now, the thing about that, though, is that Oliver might have some sort of weird, like, oh, wow. psychic dampening field or something put in there by Farouk. But David doesn't need to go to town with a drill. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many pun intended, tools at his disposal, he doesn't have to use an actual tool. Uh, so that was a little distracting. But it just showed how angry he was. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know. But I think that the the biggest thing that happens in this episode really is sort of back to Melanie, just sort of sitting down and oh, basically is... Yeah, so, so first of all, it's a refresher because we see a lot of scenes like, look at all these things that David did. But she's also there sort of the... I don't know. I don't know if she's the angel on Sid's shoulder or maybe the devil on Sid's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of both. And she's like, you know, he's really not a good guy. Uh, we should probably be fighting him instead of Farouk. He's not so bad. We're going to need him, according to future Sid. Anyway, and uh, I think that uh, it did. And we talked about this on the Legion After Show. We had to revisit this idea of... Is it cheating if you make out with the future version of your girlfriend or boyfriend or, you know, whatever? Yeah, yeah, whatever, whoever, whomever your partner is. And I feel like it, it still has to be yes, because it's a person <laughs> and it's, it's a complete, you're, you're like being with a completely different set of circumstances. What do you think about that, Amy? Yeah, well, it's not the same physical person. If you can have two of them. But they're never not, in the same space. But still, it's like there's, it's not the same one, like. It's different. It's different. So, yes, you are cheating. All right. Well, there you go. Done. And, and Carrie, you your thoughts on this? I mean, I know we... I would say no, not so much, but I probably am greatly affected by reading Time Tyler's wife because oh, he, yeah. he's there and he's his future self and past self, and he's totally cool with whatever versions with the woman he loves. That's so different. No. It's, it's different. future self it's, and present self. It just hops around when that time is. I think the the other partner needs to know, like, hey... This is what's going on. Are you cool with it? You let me know. Kind of what they did with Legion, you know? Consulting Sid. And then she kind of was okay. But I also think you obviously are jealous because it's not with you right now. Yeah. So I think on paper it's one of those like, yeah, that sounds like fine, but it probably would still bother you. It's case by case basis, I would say. Yes. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did have 
a few instances of uh, female badassery, I think is a real term yes. in this episode. One, Lenny with the big gun, which I, I was glad Hold to finally see. Yeah. To, <laughs> Lenny with the big gun? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And also uh, Carrie, not Carrie Lane, but uh, Carrie just take it, taking out monks. And I don't. I thought that that was fantastic because it was like the high pitched squeal knocked mm-hmm. out everybody. But she's like, "Oh, I'm good." She had a little little nosebleed, and she's like, "Whatever." Uh, what were you gonna say? I saw. I was scrolling through my Instagram feed. One of my friends was one of those dead bodies. Oh, yay! oh, that's what that tweet. He okay. posts. I, I saw I a just post randomly yeah. sent it to them. Uh, so yeah, he has the barcode, and he got to pick his number. Like they're like, "What number do you want?" And uh, I didn't get to ask more details about it, but he's like. Uh, like a basketball player. So he's like, I want 34. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, that's so random. I'm like, what? Because you're not expecting. I'm like, I knew exactly what that was. Because he just had a photo of his face yeah. with like the green. Oh, but, that's fun. Yeah, so cool. Uh, and so so we get some some of that. And then cool fighting. The Minotaur s- thing finally goes like, uh, as uh, Zia put it, is Super Saiyan. Yeah, I would still, I'd, I'd still like a little bit more. Oh, I want more info on that yeah, thing. I, I'm like, eh? I, yeah, you're gonna have to earn the Minotaur. I, I'm, I'm still uh, gonna reserve judgment. On I do that. like that it's less like I am on crutches and like yeah. wheels, and it's like <laughs> big now because it's like, oh, okay, you've been released, release the Kraken. Uh, and uh, the the final thing we'll talk about about the episode is this notion of this. I forget what they call the giant tuning fork. Yes. But I called it a tuning fork when I when I took my notes the on it. Clocked? No. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I can find it. But it, it, see, that's it's all right. It's not the point. Yeah. So they have the giant tuning fork, and then uh, Farouk is just like, well, it's only going to work if you can use it. And he just mm-hmm. kind of throws it really far away. But I expect that we will see that this Tuesday in the finale. I think that David or possibly someone else more likely someone else, will uh, bring it back and then at, the, at a very inopportune moment for David, Farouk, both of them, uh, it will uh, render them both powerless. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? You you think we'll see it again, Carrie? I think so. Or like how you said, like it's such a big device, like maybe you should have a more portable one. Yes. You have like yeah. William. This this like, was a, like Ant Man. Yeah, like you know. Right. Like, yeah, Ant Man's like he's he's like you'd have one yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let us know what you think. Oh, and uh, Carrie, when you get a chance to uh, see what's going on in the chat, yeah, uh, see uh, whom amongst our friends mm-hmm. are there. Uh, we will now transition to the two episode premiere of Cloak and Dagger, uh, which I know Amy, you have been chomping at the bit to talk about because you watched four of them. I know, a few weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. So, remembering that you're only talking about the first two parts, Mm -hmm. uh, give us your thoughts uh, about the show and what your knowledge was going into it. I feel like just whatever we had talked about here on the show about Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Well, okay, so like I said previously, there was some hesitation watching it on Freeform. Uh, because I'm, I mean, I don't think any of us three are the intended audience for Freeform. Well, the, oh, the, Dead of the, Summer was so good, and that was Freeform. The, but yeah, it's at, at you, some point you, in yeah. your lives, the two of you are the people that they are going for. But I don't think that they were ever necessarily going for me. Uh, I, I, as much as I, I like shows yeah. about ballerinas who quit to, I, I don't know, join the I circus. Does that sound like show. a show? That's not sure. Wait, that, wait, that doesn't is, sound like a freeform show. <laughs> no, I said I wore my dance show shirt for this. Oh, I see. For uh, yes. Uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. That 
I actually meant to take a picture of this and post it on Instagram. The freeform logo burned into the bottom of my screen. I'm like, this just looks so weird because it's <laughs> never been on my screen before. Mm-hmm. This is the first for you. It was, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even think my wife watches shows on freeform. So that'll, that'll tell I you. I only watched one. Like, Dead of Summer is the only one I saw, but I really enjoyed that one. Uh, anyway, so but yes. so that was your reservations, mm-hmm. Amy, and then when yes. you actually saw it. Well, when I actually saw it, I thought it was so freaking cool. I think that just even that we're going into full spoilers, right? Yeah, I guess it's good to say that because we're going into full spoilers for the first two episodes that aired on mm-hmm. Thursday, which, granted, you've only had a few days to watch it, but we are going to talk about it. Spoilers. Honestly, th- this isn't. I feel like any of the spoilers we talk about in the first two parts are not really the big spoilers we might get later in the series. Well, maybe even in parts three and four, you know Uh, some, but you're like, I don't know. know. But anyway, so let's talk about anything that happened in the first two parts is fair game. Okay. The beginning part, I think the, you know, tying into what we're going to talk about later, the origins of of Cloak and Dagger were done beautifully. I think the young um, Cloak and the young Dagger. Oh, they are adorbs. So yeah. stinking cute. So cute. But even just the the water scene, like with the car. Yes. Isn't that fantastic? And then the little light. Ooh. It just, the whole thing looked cool. And I liked as the two episodes went along, we got to see more about you know what happened and then the mm-hmm. aftermath. Because when she sees Tyrone, I think it's, it's yeah, it's after the party. She's mm-hmm. like, you're there on the beach. And we're like... Well, what beach? Oh, okay. And then a little Let's later, we're like, you. there's the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and that was, I read an article about that. There was a review about this where they said that the origin story shown in these two parts was great. That's where our topic came from, which we'll get to in a little bit. And I think they did a great job showing, you know, it's it's uh, certainly a variation from the comic book version of Cloak and Dagger, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times you have to do that. Yeah. And I think it was very cool to kind of see it. And yeah, I think they did a great job with the uh, you know the casting of the the younger versions oh, of them. It's, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say like, it's flipped from the? It's or? completely different. It, yeah. It's oh, okay. yeah. They were like experimented on with a synthetic. Oh heroin. no! This was a great, yeah. very modern take on it. Yeah. And uh, I was curious. Uh, I feel it's one of those comics that I was aware of, but I never really read. But uh, who they are as young teens, is that how it is in the comics, too? Well, the idea that they are thinking of things outside of the letter of the law, they definitely were introduced more as vigilantes. And then mm. as time went on, they were a little bit they had to become a little bit more heroic to have their okay. their own book. But when they first show up in Spider-Man, yeah, they're absolutely, you know, I mean, look, we have uh, Tyrone going around, you know, planning on killing someone in the course of these two parts. And that is not part of your standard, typical operating origin story. So I think that the spirit of these two characters is still very much like that. I mean, you know, the fact of how Tandy is basically, you know, providing for herself is to, you Mm -hmm. know, steal stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And then she steals a lot of pills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And What's and hiding that? them at mom's house, by the way, I just have to say, the, oh, it, the, you got you had to have somewhere better to do it. Yeah. You're going to hire a big bag full of pills mm-hmm. at, at that mom's house? So, anyway. Well, yeah. I was just curious, too, of just showing it. It's nice to see. Uh, I mean, uh, that's why I was curious how it symbol- 
similar it is to the comics because having a black male lead of like a rich family at a private school and our you know our white mm-hmm. girl lead is essentially homeless yeah no their backstories are completely different actually I yeah. think that's really interesting they're both, though, to they're make both like runaways yeah. in the comics but yeah I, I think that uh, this is, uh, yeah. well no they're not yeah. they're not yeah, on the no, runaways yeah. no, no thank you Marvel. yeah exactly because uh, it was refreshing to see that as a storytelling, and they felt their circumstances felt real, but it's just not normally shown on many television shows. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, so anyway, what were some of the high points for you, Amy, as the course of these two hours unfolded? I think just getting to learn more about Cloak and Dagger, Tyrone and Tandy, and because I wasn't familiar with them at all, mm-hmm. like to get a little bit of their backstory... And also for it to, like, the writing is so good that you don't feel like you're being talked down to, but also, like, it's not dumbed down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very approachable, accessible, but it's it's easy. <laughs> the biggest thing that surprised me from a Freeform show was the swearing. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, this used to be ABC Family. Yeah, well, I guess, that's why they broke off. You yeah, because they're like, well, we got we to get some a-holes in the script. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, and I, her I, snorting drugs, having alcohol oh parties. My gosh. Seeing such a young, I mean, I know she's not that young, but she is young. Well, they're playing snorting. like, what, 16, 17? Uh, yeah, well, I, they're, in high they're in high school. I, I got the sense that uh, Tyrone was a senior, though. Okay. Because so, he's fo- uh, yeah, I don't, going yeah. to state, right? Fo- yeah, right, he's exactly. Focused, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I think that they're probably let's say they're like seventeen, mm-hmm. you know, eighteenish, regardless of mm-hmm. how they are. It's still, yeah, that was surprising that there was any degree of drug use, but they made sure that she, you know, smashed up a pill and snorted it, and right away, <coughs> you always have to do that when you have somebody coughing on a TV show. You have to be like, oh my god, I hate smoking. But exactly. oh, and all the ads on Hulu for anti-smoking. Oh, I didn't see that. See, because I, I watched the uh, the free. If you watch on Hulu, it's all it's anti-smoking. All anti-smoking. That's nice. But yeah, I think it was. It, it's you're definitely right. It's interesting that they showed those things and the fact that they were swearing as much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely much darker and grittier than I expected. Having a homeless teenager. Yeah. Too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I never expected that from Freeform, which is why I was apprehensive about mm-hmm. the, this show and these characters because. You definitely have to live sort of somewhere in this relative space if you're going to tell Cloak and Dagger and tell the story, you know, in a way that does justice to the original creation. Also, the fact that it's in New Orleans, I think it adds to it. it and in the coming episodes, you'll see a little bit more of that. But I, I love that you get a little bit of that. Yeah, After, I mean, it, it's yeah. definitely one of those places that it, it's it, it doesn't look like anywhere else. Exactly. So it's smart that they're not pretending to be somewhere well, else. Even the hurricane, like the disaster home that her mom is in, essentially, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. very specific. Uh, yeah, after having just gone there with you know earlier in this year, I was like, oh my gosh, it totally feels that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, random fun thing on filming: they're filming in Lafayette Cemetery because the other cemetery, I think it's St. Charles, uh, Easy Rider filmed, and they. The church owns that. The Catholic Church owns it. Didn't like what they were doing, so they said no more filming ever here again. Ever is yes. Yeah, so since oh, like nineteen sixty eight, they haven't. Yeah, so and, and if you yeah, if you see post, that sequence in Easy Rider, you'd be like, oh yeah, well I wouldn't let somebody yeah. film here either. Yeah. But the other church, uh, the other uh, cemetery is owned by Protestants because it was on the other side of the line of the the who, Protestant part of town. Yes, yeah. it was more yeah. the Americans rather than the French living in the other line, uh, mm. and so that one is kind of cool to see that because I was like, I've been there. Uh, but yeah, the what was great with them too. I felt they're very real kids. I, I I do feel it's a little bit of a slow burn. 
Because I'm I'm wanting more. Yeah. Because this one same thing problem with Agents of Show any show where you know there's gonna be like powers and stuff. You're like, can we get to that? But I do like how they start using it. You know, they, they pulls the blanket over or something and uh, mm. has the light. And so that was kind of a nice build up. Yeah, I like how he doesn't know how his power works and he keeps trying to make it work. I like And he too. can't make it work when he wants it to. <laughs> yeah. But yes. it definitely works when he doesn't want it to. And I did like the little touches that made it feel a, a little bit more modern. Uh, if only I had been able to you know, text a girl from my class while I was in church. Oh, that was weird, though, because oh, that conversation yeah. kept jumping. And I'm like, that's not the send, reply, send, reply. You're, like, doing five other messages. And so I'm like, wait, I'm trying to read he's that. He's got a message. lot going on, you know. I know. Uh, but, but I thought still. it was, I don't know, I, 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 it felt like, see, I'm old, so I don't know, but I feel like <laughs> they definitely. Wrote paper notes, right? Right, right. But, I mean, exactly. I feel like they took into consideration that this is still free yes. form and they are trying to go for a younger audience. Yeah. Uh, but if you are part of a younger audience and you are watching us right now, yeah. let us know if you felt like they actually did a good job of that. And let us know what you thought of the show in general. Uh, Carrie is diligently manning the social media yeah, desk. Um, I'm trying to remember that moment. Uh, was it, Do we see... Uh, Silver Watcher 30 says, Was it okay for Tandy BF to be able to see Tandy naked? Is it a really dude... Like... Uh, to show that much going on was that a, what? Yeah, we didn't see her. You saw her take her. Uh, she changed. Change. What she changed did the dry cleaners. Which, by the way, where's that dry cleaners? I mean, if I could just get anything yeah. just by putting a little extra money in the pocket, you know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think you saw it. And then also when she's yeah. at home and getting ready. Yeah, for that's it. the t- the one time where he would have seen her. But I mean, also he he is her Their girlfriend. boyfriend yeah, and girlfriend. It's her, it's her like boyfriend. she was straddling him in the car. Yeah, pretty much. So, having sex. Was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's definitely yeah there's definitely some things going on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um... A lot of people definitely agree it does not feel like a freeform kind of show. Just definitely yeah. um, uh, elevated kind of show. And then, um, oh, yeah, Ivan so uh, Tandy almost being assaulted made me sad for Tandy. I think oh. they handled that one well, too, because that's also a very real situation that many ladies, unfortunately, might experience. And they, it also would make sense yeah. that her power would manifest in that moment because she's just like, what can I do? And it's like, oh, we have these little light knives, which is definitely part of her power from the comics, so it was actually kind of cool to see. And, uh... It's a, look. It's a great way to get rid of the murder weapon, I guess, if you yes. have a light knife. But yeah, it, it's a that's a great example of how just dark the show is. You know, yeah. I mean, just how yeah. far along that mm-hmm. sequence goes. Though and, I thought she was dumb to go to the ballet. I'm like, those are assigned tickets that yeah. you paid for. That uh, yeah. Okay. Now she didn't sit yeah. in the seat, so she was like, that's true, she was half she smart. Go. She looked yeah. at the seat. I, I was like, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and how'd be she up there. get up there. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's to <laughs> illustrate just how agile she is, which I think will be important when they start well, they doing some superhero Well, they showed her walking yeah. across the plank. And yet she, she was a terrible too. ballerina when she was a little yes. tiny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, her, pal- her, pal- her powers, powers. had it started to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very much like X-Men of, it's not quite puberty, but it's moments of, like, duress that it comes out. Um, though I, I was, the part when uh, Tyrone's watching um, his 
the bad guy essentially. It was weird because did he just fall asleep while he was waiting? Well, you, the the point was that he was waiting for a really long time. Okay. And also, I think this was this was good writing where they established earlier that he hadn't slept well the night before, so he was already tired. Okay. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, well, I, other parts he just transports when he goes to sleep, and I'm like, that's dangerous. Yeah, right. That's like it, sleep I, I, te- teleporting, as illustrated. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's just like, oh, I woke up. You, you Never wake up on- sleep in your underwear again. Right. We would be wearing full outfits every time. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Always have yeah. Always sleep with cash in your pocket. Yeah, because you don't. You your might ID. not be able to get. I like the uh, evil corporation being our big bad kind of thing for now. Of well, because we uh, and Roxon uh, mm-hmm. shows up uh, throughout uh, Marvel TV mm-hmm. and movies, which mm-hmm. it's sort of a nice uh, carryover. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's interesting the way that they're sort of positioning this story and uh, the fact that Roxon's involved. I, I think uh, will continue to be very interesting. Uh, what were some of your other uh, standouts, Amy? Well, I mean, going back to Tandy's little um, dagger. Yeah, mm-hmm. That is her. It yeah, is her little dagger. It yeah, it's so beautiful because yes. I mean, I really hadn't looked at anything prior to seeing it. So just to see her holding it and I just it looked really nice. Very realistic, but mm-hmm. also super powerful. And the way it just lights everything up, it just, oh, it's so superhero-y without it being like, look, it's so cheesy. You know? Yeah. It's- yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a tough thing to make look the way it should. Yeah. And I, I think that they did a good job with it. And I think, you know, again, it helps because we had two episodes to watch on the premiere night. But we really get a lot of character development. We see Tyrone with his family. We see, you know, what their concerns are, the aftermath of his brother being shot. But then we also really get to know Tandy and her boyfriend at this wedding that they go Mm -hmm. to. And we get to see sort of how they each have this power where they come into contact with someone and then they see sort of the lightness of their future. And then Cloak... The reverse of that, the inverse of that, which is with his mom and sees like her darkest fears and like lives inside of them. So, yeah, I was curious on. So when they're touching, what are they actually seeing? I think that that is sort of the manifestation of. So for Dagger, it it was her boyfriend. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. William. William? William. Liam. All right. Well, there you go. Glad you paid attention. Uh, So that I think is either I'm going to assume those are his hopes and dreams that they yeah. end up getting right. married like yeah. that. And then for Her Tyrone's mom, mom well, you're, al- right. Also Tandy talk T- to your mom. Right, exactly. So oh. uh, but then also for Tyrone it's that moment of you know that's what his, her sorry his mom's nightmare is the yeah. being you know in this supermarket and then both of her kids getting shot and being left alone so yeah uh it's it's sort of an interesting thing and it's very difficult to control these powers obviously and mm-hmm. uh you know when you're basically you know stepping outside of your own headspace like that uh, it'll be Ooh. interesting to see where that goes yes uh, Seb Russ in the chat says I think Dagger sees a person's hopes Cloak sees their fears yes exactly I think that's a perfect ah. way to summarize it I think that's exactly okay. the way that. that these work okay. and uh, I do believe that when they have better control of their powers they will be able to get you to see your fears uh, that's specifically yeah. what cloak can do mm-hmm. and so you get wrapped up in the big cloak and then he lets you out and you're uh, really messed up from what you saw mm, so yeah so uh, I look forward to that I look forward to him like really like having like the the cloak and using it and you know we saw sort of 
some instances of you know getting shot inside of the cloak. That uh, was cool with the, the bullet, yeah. the bullet in the trash can. Yeah. yeah, which was which I didn't even know was in the premiere when I mentioned last week. It was one of the things that I liked the most about his powers, mm-hmm. uh, and it it ends at a very interesting point uh, the second episode. So uh, we have a lot to look forward to this week. But uh, they end up back in the same place. You know, he disappears right as he tries to shoot the uh, red-haired, uh, scar-faced police officer. Who's the nephew of the chief of police, essentially. Yes. Which it, I like that reveal. Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's good. I know. So I think that this is a great pilot. I know it's two episodes, but it's a great pilot episode for a TV series. But it's also a great superhero origin story. Uh, do, would you agree, Carrie? I think the origin on this has come across very well, and uh, the cutting back and forth between the two characters very frequently was really interesting. Though it's weird because with editing and other stuff, I kept waiting for them to intersect. Yeah. Or like, it's that person like talking and then they get hit by a car or something. So I kept waiting for that right. to happen. But I still liked hearing, it wasn't dominated like, here, let's tell you about one, then we'll go back. It was more like volleyball back and forth. And I liked seeing the two of them run into each other at that party yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because it, this is just from like an acting performance standpoint. You right away, you see like, oh, they have great chemistry mm-hmm. together. And uh, I look forward to seeing them interact more mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, now uh, we are going to transition to our topic for this week because we talked about how this great origin story. So uh, I wanted to take – we're each going to pick three – Origins that we find amongst our favorites. And uh, the only admonition I had for Carrie and Amy is that you have to pick at least one from Marvel TV since this is Marvel TV Weekly. And I will use mine first, which is Luke Cage. I think that the episode where you see him uh, back at Southgate prison if i get the name wrong my apologies to the prison but uh, where he's at the prison he's getting tested on and then of course and i wish we could have found a, a, a version of this uh, photo that was easier to see but one of the high points for comic book nerds like myself in season one of luke cage is seeing him you know he steals the laundry and he's got the stuff on from when he's tested well that is what power man looks like in the comics in you know which is the early 70s and the fact that he looked like it but just getting to see sort of how that happened it ties a lot into my number two when we get to it but i think that the seeing how it happens and how he reacts when he gets that's to me that's what's always interesting so getting powers can be interesting but for a lot of you know like especially in the x-men you're born with it but it always will manifest itself at kind of the worst slash best time possible so uh, i think that that can always be a fun way to see it now amy Mm -hmm. what was your number three my TV one? Mm, yes, yeah, so let's go with... We'll get the TV ones first, sure. Jessica Jones. All right, and explain how we saw that on the TV show, how we saw her, ex- the explanation. So it was in season two, and it was it was a nice little break from all of the episodes that we had gotten uh, during the season. We go back in time, and we see her relationship with her then-boyfriend and how she gets the jacket, mm-hmm. which I really love because, I mean, we all know how iconic the jacket is. Yeah. And um, funny enough, all I need right now is a jacket because I'm wearing gray and my hair is black just like hers. So You're basically throw, Jessica right now. You know, basically. I did yeah. not do that on purpose. Yes, I did. I really did. <laughs> I really did. Um, <laughs> I really did. I just should have worn the jacket. But, yeah, and I think it shows you that – 
even her relationship with Trish was a little rocky at the time. Yeah. <laughs> It was a little cray cray. I think it's yes, fair to say yes, their their relationship is definitely cray cray. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and you can see just how much she's she's evolved. I like the juxtaposition of, you know, origin Jessica to our Jessica. It's like Dagger having uh, Cloak's hoodie that was his brother's yes. hoodie. Yeah. yeah. Man, she loved that hoodie, and you know what? It looks like a good hoodie. I'm it looks so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I bet that that was the wrap gift for people who worked on the show, was like that hoodie with the show logo on there. There Because, again, back to my little insider knowledge, I'm lucky enough that I have the wrap gift from season one of Luke Cage, which is that sweatshirt that he wore with the yellow inside, but it also has the show logo, and I think it says always forward on the back. Why don't you wear it? I don't know, actually. It's a good question. Because, <laughs> uh, you know what? It's not as comfortable as the Civil War one that I wear more often with mm. uh, Iron Man and Captain America. But anyway, that's a little, that's a little inside baseball. Uh, Carrie, what was your from Marvel TV? Um, you know, I was thinking about it and... Um, oh, sorry. I'm like, why is there noise playing on this? Uh, I was thinking of, like, who somebody is actually interesting of when we learn more about where they came from. And mm-hmm. I would say Daisy Johnson. Quake. Quake. Yeah, I agree. Sky. No, Uh, we're just talking about Daisy. Daisy. Because Sky Um, doesn't have powers, but Daisy does. Right. Um, I thought it was really interesting when we first learned about who her mother and father are. Like, that was great backstory. That was probably, I don't know that that was the best season, but that was the most interesting season of S.H.I.E.L.D. Just really getting to know her parents and Mm -hmm. sort of her whole backstory. I think that it really. It, it was a it was a big turning point for me yeah. because as I've said before, didn't love Sky but have always liked Daisy and I think getting yeah. the differentiation like this is Daisy this is who Daisy is, I think that uh, that really that really helped for me personally. Yeah, and just like seeing who her mom was and like that actress is so uniquely beautiful and just such really kind of cool. Oh my yeah. god, I uh, follow her on Instagram. So, oh, you were talking about you're talking about uh, Daisy, but her mother. No, her mother. Oh, that oh, actress. Sorry. sorry. Who uh, I only remember seeing on that sh- that Joss Whedon show, Dollhouse. Dollhouse. That's oh, the yeah, only yeah, thing yeah. I remember. Uh, she's also on Altered Carbon, and she's oh, yeah. very naked on that show. Um, I'm listening. Side I mean, note. Uh, no, it's one of those you go. Okay, no, she's great in that. Is like a um, martial artist person as well, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Nudity makes sense in Alter Carbon, sort of. But uh, I thought it was great to see where she came from and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just genetically how she got her powers and everything like that. Like, her father's an average human, but he's kind of crazy mad scientist at the same time. And just how there's weird family issues with them. Yeah, and I would cool. say that getting to know Daisy's backstory and her actually, you know, her inhuman powers manifesting mm-hmm. themselves kind of changed that show from being, like, Coulson and everybody else to like Coulson and then Daisy and then you know it's definitely like tiered as the show went along you know there's a lot of different levels depth yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's move along to my number two choice, which the image that I'm using is uh, actually from a terrible source. It is indeed our friend Logan going through the Weapon X process and becoming Wolverine. This image is from X-Men Origins Wolverine, which uh, when Anthony in the booth, whom you can follow at Tony V. Tony underscore, he said, oh, no, that's the worst movie ever. Uh, But what I will say about it is, one, you're not wrong, but what gets overlooked in this movie is how great Liev Schreiber is as Sabretooth. The movie is not good. The movie is garbage. But 
he's so good in it. And I was like, oh, I wish he could have been Sabretooth in a better movie. And uh, that will never happen now, unfortunately. But I've always found... And look, there have been a lot of different backstories for Wolverine throughout the course of comics. I think for decades, the most interesting thing is that he didn't know that much about who he was, so you didn't know. And then when we get little bits and pieces of it, like you get to actually see the story of you know him going through the process of the uh, adamantium bonded to his skeleton. And also, you know, just little snippets where it turns out we find out after Magneto rips the adamantium out of him that he had claws all all along. So he had the bone claws. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, one of one of the better characters that unfortunately is overused in the Marvel comic book universe. And some would say in the movies, but, uh, you know, he's really only been in you'd have starred in only a handful of movies. He just had some cool cameos. But uh, this, I thought, was at least this part of the movie, it, it was a great representation of like a 10-part story in Marvel Comics Presents, which was the first time we really understood how this happened to him. And uh, I don't know. I, I was a big fan of this part of the movie and of Leo Schreiber and of basically nothing else, especially not you, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You're no man. You're no gambit. Anyway, uh, what was your number two, right? Amy? Yeah, thank Jesus. you. Andy. Yeah, one elbow takes him out. Come on. Yeah, right. Ugh. Exactly. Wimp. And I'm not. A, I'm not the biggest gambit fan, but I was like, man, he is way cooler than that. And he's a pilot. What? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, what was your number two, Amy? My number two was Black Panther. Yeah. In Civil War. Oh. Because that's when we first get a little glimpse of him. That's his kind of like origin. I yeah. Would say. I mean, for for a lot for, of audience that's mm-hmm. like oh yeah. who's this guy okay yeah. yeah so it was great because i mean obviously black panther has come out since then and we've seen more of you know everything that they do in wakanda but that part where t'challa t'challa basically was his father exactly yeah. where he just takes over and then you see that that whole uh, the scene where they're all just running away and just he's he's in full Black Panther costume. You're like, what is this? I mean, having never seen anything like it, you're like, he is amazing. He's a freaking Black Panther, and for him to take mm-hmm. on that role for his father and to take over Wakanda and everything, you know, for Wakanda, it's it was fantastic, and I think that really catapulted. Yeah, that. Oh, and I almost talked over the the clever wordplay. That's a great reveal in Civil War, and it almost overshadowed the fact that we were getting to see Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the first time. Almost. Almost. But it was but also like people know Spider-Man, even though like we hadn't seen that iteration of him. So this was like, I don't know who this guy is, but man, that suit is cool. Uh, Carrie, what was your number two? Uh, I'm gonna go with movie then too. I'm like, oh, we're going like, yeah. Movies. So we'll do TV movie comic. Wait, as you say, my number one is a comic, but yours don't have to. I be. well, I shifted it now because I'm like, oh wait. Uh, you know, one I was thinking about the again, somebody like learning who their parents are. Interesting. Uh, Peter Quill, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because it's like you're wandering for so long. Who is he? And then when we finally find out, you're like, oh, he's a horrible oh, person. My oh. my dad is Ego, the Living Planet. Yes. Oh, his name is Ego. I'm gonna bet he's <laughs> nice a real deal. <laughs> 
so that was fun <laughs> to get that origin because you get his mom like at the very beginning yeah. and it's like so sad and you get who he is but when we learn that and even like his connection to Landau you're like oh wait no what's it? Yondu. Yondu Yondu yeah there we go I know right uh, yeah. I don't know if you meant Lando Calrissian or Martin Landau from There's the original so uh, Mission Impossible My but either way like, it's alright so many nerd dubs yeah uh, Yondu uh, so like him and like their relationship and then his birth father and so I thought that was very and nice. the realization Rewarding. of how he's able to hold an Who infinity stone and, yeah. you know we mm-hmm. finally understand like yes. yeah well, why did you oh okay yeah, yeah. so uh, and that was a point that was made on I think when I was on uh, Anatomy of a Movie about Infinity War is the reason why he's not able to hold the Infinity Stone in Infinity War is because his dad, the living planet, was dead. Yes. So he didn't have whatever that ability was anymore. Anyway, it's interesting. Uh, that's a good one. I I think that, yeah, it's like, well, how does this kid who disappears like mm-hmm. in the late 80s with a with a Walkman and a couple of tapes turn into... yeah funny too. Uh, yeah. Back. Yeah. No, that's a great one. Uh, well, for me, my number one is and had to be Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, becoming Spider-Man. And there are so many different versions of seeing this happen. But it's always bitten by a radioactive spider. And when we were talking before the show, there are so many of the classic Marvel characters are Bruce Banner, belted by gamma rays. The Fantastic Four go into space inundated with cosmic rays. So there was all of this radiation. But being bitten by a radioactive spider is just such a cool, like, random thing to happen. You know, the the radioactive spider could have bit Flash Thompson. Imagine that. You know, I think that there actually is a what-if comic book of what if the radioactive spider bit somebody else. But anyway, and I just think that, you know, look, we saw it in the first Tobey Maguire. We saw it in the first Andrew Garfield we did not see Tom Holland bitten by a radioactive spider, but I suspect we will see it somehow. And like, even if it's like a brief flashback, but uh, for me, that is just the quintessential best origin that you can have uh, in the Marvel universe. It's hard to beat Spidey. Uh, Amy, who was your number one? Mine in comics, which I have a little brief history, of course, with comics, but Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. Yes. We have to differentiate mm-hmm. not the Carol Danvers Correct. who will become Captain Marvel in the movies. Correct. Uh, this was, she was kind of like my first sort of introduction with comic books. And I did read like one issue just to get into it. And her origin story is awesome because she's super relatable. She's in high school. She's a fan of the Avengers. With, <laughs> hmm. Who's not? Yeah. Relatable. Uh, and then she goes through Terragenesis, and she's basically an inhuman, and she's Ms. Marvel. And so she has this power. I don't remember what it's called, but things can enlarge. There's a word for it, uh, but I can't remember. But so to see that evolution for her is cool, and to get, I mean, a little bit of, of uh, an origin story for her is, so yeah, that. So um, it's really cool because she is a young girl with these powers and you can only imagine that it might be a little scary at times and she's, kind of she's yeah. Muslim too right yes, yes she is so that yeah the, which that, incorporates in the costume of like having a superhero but like fully covered they don't have to be naked exactly. no and uh, actually if you want to have a differentiation uh, believe me Anthony this will be a very brief uh, diversion uh, can you please uh, google image Ms. Marvel number one this will be from the 70s, and uh, we have used this image before, but I know it'll just be easier uh, to, because 
you want to talk about not being covered up, you can talk about the original Carol Danvers, Ms. Marvel. Now, to their credit, uh, within probably about six months, they did cover up her stomach. But, uh, you know, what a way to use the the sort of newly adopted identifier of Ms., MS period, which mm-hmm. was supposed to be sort of a very empowering thing, and then also have, at this point, probably the skimpiest costume, save Tigra, who basically just wears a bikini. Anyway, thank you, Anthony, for finding that so quickly. Uh, I think that, uh, that that's a great choice, and I don't know that much about the Kamala Khan, or Kamala, uh, I'm bad with the pronunciation. Uh, I don't know that much about her, so uh, I look forward to finding out more, and also, I, I believe that is going to be a movie at some point. And yes. there she is, for yes. the new Ms. Marvel number one. The huge difference. And uh, finally, Carrie, your number one origin story. Well, it's interesting, our love of Spider-Man spreads across the table. I'm going to say Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, now what's the difference with Spider-Man 2099? So it is futuristic. Yes. It's 2099. So uh, it is Miguel O'Hara, which is also the first Latino character to assume the identity of Spider-Man. Yeah. But not the only, because we also have Miles yeah, Morales. Just yeah. yeah, just first. Uh, they, these came out when? It oh, uh, came out the, in 1992. Yeah. And uh, so he's in New York, and he's attempting to recreate the abilities of the original Spider-Man in other people and later suffers a related accident that causes half his DNA to be written, re- rewritten with Spider's genetic code. Um, with this comic, I, I, I read it probably shortly after it came out, so it's been a while, but the thing about it that really stood out to me is him when he's discovering kind of what his powers are. Uh, like, there's this scene where he's on a rooftop and I think they're trying, the bad guys or something, they're trying to kill him. And... Uh, or someone's falling, and he goes to grab the person, but instead of his fingers being, like, sticky, they're talons. Which, if he goes to touch himself, they retract, but he goes to grab this person's arm, but it's, like, daggers into this guy's arm and rips off, and he falls to his death. Um, So that was, like, what? Also, he fights somebody who has, like, a sword, and he reaches up and, like, grabs it and slices it, and also that's, like, how he's able to climb buildings. So that visually, for me, was violent and so kind of cool and uh it's it had a familiar vibe but kind of futuristic yeah even though 2099 is not really that far from today no but when they did it yeah yeah exactly it's like there's a tv show in the 70s called space 1999 which Huge fan and still is a huge fan of X Men 2099. Um, so let us know what some of your favorite origins are, and I'm going to let uh, Carrie troll and try and yeah. find. Not even really troll because that's a negative thing, but I want you to try and find them. But yeah. before you do, I want to show uh, something that somebody sent to us on Twitter. If you can find that, Anthony, that I sent in the email earlier, uh, we do indeed have, I believe. Christian Jacks, but it's spelled with a K, so that throws me off because it's not spelled the way that mine is. But we were talking last week about Marvel tattoos, and I am not cool enough, and I just don't have it in me to get something like this. But I wish I wish I was able to get this because I love this Avengers tattoo for those Mm -hmm. watching on YouTube. Uh, And yeah, just the placement is perfect. And uh, I I said. What I tweeted back was that 
if only I could have gotten that, and then on the other side, I would get the the sort of the X Men one that we were talking yes. about, the black X. You still with the can. Red well, I still can, do but I definitely it. won't. Do it. If we um, get a thousand. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> if we get a thousand retweets, I still won't do it. Uh, anyway, so thank Live you so the, much. For, get it live on the broadcast. Yeah, that's right. We, um, we would do yeah. that on you the broadcast. You could do it as a Facebook Live. That's true. Oh, I, I would definitely have to, uh, you know, put it on some form of social yeah. media. Anyway, uh, so thanks so much, Christian, for sharing that with us. And uh, he also sent us a tweet of some other uh, other tattoos that he had. So we always appreciate that. And you can continue to send us your Marvel tattoos. We will never get tired of looking at them. Uh, and anyway, Carrie, so what are some of the uh, origins people are throwing around in the chat? Yes. Uh, somebody said, no eyes, Bunny says, my number one is Red She-Hulk. I want more of her. Red She-Hulk. Okay. Um, then... I think someone was saying, like, Silver Surfer, who was willing to give up his life to save his planet. And to basically be enslaved to Galactus, you although know. he eventually break, breaks free of him. But that is the deal that he made, was to spend the rest of his life as the Herald to Galactus. And, yeah, uh, Norrin Rad, the real name of the Silver Surfer. So uh, maybe one day we'll get a good version of him in a movie. Uh, Zias Bilou says, love Kane Parker's origin and Blue Marvel's. I'm not familiar with I just with say, I don't know. I, have, like, I, I can pretend, but I literally have um, no idea what that is. So Let's see. Uh, People oh. are talking about Cloak and Dagger. And yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. Well, you Daredevil. Can oh, Daredevil's origin. Daredevil's is pretty good. The mm-hmm. comic book version, he basically gets hit by a, a truck of uh, like basically you know, toxic waste. Yeah. That's basically what happens. It's a slight very... It's not that different than Ninja Turtles. That's right. Oh, um... <laughs> Basically, random side thing that I want origin info, and then it was kind of mentioned the detective in Cloak and Dagger. I was not a fan of how much when she's first introduced, this woman can't speak. Oh, okay, it's weird. It is super weird watching this. I'm like, why does this woman not have a voice? Also, she's really pretty to be a detective. I'm like, I don't really believe you were a beat cop for like years. And uh, Carrie, have you ever watched a police show on television? There are a Not lot much. of there are males <laughs> and females that you're like they would never be. Uh, at least she's a detective, you know. She's yeah. not a beat cop. Anyway, uh, we will find out more about that detective. I'm assuming. Don't say anything, Amy. And uh, the next episode of Cloak and Dagger. And then this week we also have the season finale of Legion. So we'll Woo-hoo! talk about that next week. Uh, will the singing mouse make a return? We'll find out. Probably not. It's about Pro- time. Probably not. Let's do it. But uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Cloak and Dagger and we'll see you all back here Sunday at 10. You can find me at Christian DMZ and uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Amy, where do people find you? You guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. And Carrie? Yeah, you guys can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And the uh, video version is being put together, but uh, on my personal podcast, The Blackcast, is my oft-referenced sit-down with Chris Claremont from a couple weeks ago. So you can find that at blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. It is an hour and eight minutes, chock full of fascinating observations. But you'll get more fascinating observations from us next Sunday at 10. Until then, Excelsior! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later! later. 
The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.